We're in Romans chapter 2. We're down to verse 6. But in quick review of the previous verses, he's talking about being stubborn and unrepentant after God has showed kindness, tolerance, and patience toward the sinner and the evildoer. This willfulness is hardening them. They do not know it's these graces that God's give is meant to give them time to repent. See, they misuse the grace of God. They think they're getting away with their sins. They think God doesn't see what they're doing. The sins are already hardening them. See, it shows because they're not listening to it as a whole. The day of judgment is coming, and this is the basis. He's talking about what is the basis. It's based on the works that people do, not their beliefs. Everybody's a believer, aren't they? Verse 6 says, well, back to verse 5, part of the last part. You're storing up wrath for yourself at the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now, verse 6 says, and he's quoting the old, who will render to each person according to his deeds. Never says according to his beliefs. God's not big on lip service. The multitudes, as we've said many times, claim to be Christians, and Jesus is going to say, I never knew you, you evil workers. He didn't challenge what they believed. He challenged what they were doing. And all judgments will be according to works. If you believe the right thing, you obey the right thing, and you do good. Otherwise, it's false, as far as God said. So judgments are based on spiritual good, spiritual good works. Belief, confession of Jesus as Lord will avail nothing if not followed by fruit, spiritual works, and obedience. That nullifies Calvinism. That nullifies most of Catholicism and the liberals. They believe, just believe. Say this prayer and you don't ever have to worry. Once saved, always saved. These are doctrines of devils and they're going to find out at the day of judgment that all that is going to be nonsense as far as God is concerned. Remember those people that he called workers of lawlessness and confines them to the lake of fire. They claim Jesus as Lord. They kept saying, Lord, Lord, oh, we've done this good in your name. And he never challenged whether they did or not. He looked at the evil they did and the lawlessness, and it overrode any belief that they had. So that's why they were rather surprised. They thought because they said, Lord, Lord, that makes everything right. It does not. And they will find out at the end. Judgment based on spiritual works is what he's after. Fruit, spiritual works, obedience. That's the proof that the person has the right faith, has the right belief. That's the only proof, James says. And that's why he said it provokes the lion shepherds. They like to do away with that word. He said, a man is not justified by faith alone. Well, I'm sorry, Martin Luther's wrong. Calvinism's wrong. He said, a man is justified by works also not by just faith. So that nullifies. If you believe that one scripture, you can do away with a lot of false teaching and a lot of people going to hell with false beliefs because they don't want to believe what the Bible says, okay? They want to take it without service. It's not going to happen. 
Okay. All judgments are done by the Son of Man. Some say the white throne is done by the Father. There's a mistake there. It's done by the Almighty, and Jesus in Isaiah is called the Everlasting Father, the Almighty God. When they're drawn to the throne of God, it's only one throne, the Father and the Son's throne. So people can haggle all they want, but all judgments could be done by the Son of God. It's all committed to him, okay? And he's going to do it properly when he does it. No man's going to be able to say, well, you don't understand. He goes, I perfectly understand. I'm God, and I'm the Son of Man. I had taken, so I know what's going on. There could be no arguments against him, okay? Isaiah, when it calls him the everlasting Father, who? Jesus. It calls him the Almighty. Revelation calls him the Almighty God calls the Father the Almighty. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. They're one God. There ain't no separation in them. It's like a diamond. They have different facets for different works, but they're the same diamond. So Jesus is the eternal Father. He is the everlasting God. See, people need to understand that. He's the incarnation the Word of God, as we know, the Son of God is God. The whole world and creation of the universe was made through him. Nothing that is made was not made by him. So people need to understand who they're going to be dealing with at the judgments. Verse 7, to those who by perseverance in doing good, notice real quickly, it doesn't say in believing good, or believing in Jesus even. What does it say? To those who by perseverance, this means persistence, continuance against opposition, they are doing good, for they seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. By doing what? By doing good. Not believing. The believers don't have it. They're going to be consigned to the lake of fire. Saying, Lord, Lord, they could be shocked. He said, I don't know you, you workers of evil. He called them what they were. Their father was the devil. So the judgment for the Christian, true followers of Christ, is in word and deed. See, he wants action. He's not big on lip service. The Jews were often big on lip service, and they found themselves cut off and judged. Each generation Arthur was destroyed and God started over. But the individuals in the lake of fire eventually, he's still in hell fire waiting for the final judgment. He's not putting up with them. He made promises to the prophets and to David and Abraham, and he will have a people and the nation of Israel. Right now, they're corrupt and they're just as lost as a Gentile, and they go into the same hell. The few that are left, and it's going to be very few after the Antichrist tries to destroy them, they will turn to the Lord. And then the millennium will be ushered in. But right now, they're just as lost as any professing Christian that's not a Christian. There's no chosen special people. The Christian is the chosen. The Christian is the true Jew. They are Antichrist spirit. Any Jew that doesn't accept Jesus Christ is of the Antichrist spirit, not of God. So he says, those who persevere in doing good, not in believing good, in doing good. 
See, that's why James said, I'll prove to you my faith by my works. And he gave the rhetorical question. If you see your brother and other Christians in need and you don't help them and you just say, oh, go away and be blessed. He said, do you think this kind of Christianity is going to save you? And it was a rhetorical question. No, it's not going to save you. See, because there's no works or action to it. Christian faith is active. It is not passive. Passive is mental belief. Oh, multitudes believe mentally and go to church, and they're on their way to hell. They'll be lost at the end, okay? And so he says, not talkers, not those who mentally acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Well, that's uh, two-thirds of the Europe and America. Oh, they believe in God. They go to church, and they've never been saved. See, they have a mental, traditional beliefs they were raised in. But Christ doesn't rule them. They are lovers of pleasures and self, and they think they can give God a few tokens to keep him happy. They're going to find out it's not going to work. Okay, so without obeying him and following Jesus, you are not a Christian. Very simple. See, the righteous, it says the way is made plain. We can see this very interesting. The intellectual and the wicked of the world cannot see it. Why? Because it's spiritually understood. They can read the Bible all day long. It won't do them a bit of good. Because, see, spiritual insights are given by the Holy Spirit, and he doesn't give them to those kind of people. See, they'll quote and argue Scripture. They'll talk about all this for years, and they're on their way to hell. And they're taking millions with them who deserve what they get. Nobody's going to stand before God and blame the teacher and minister. The Lord said they'll both fall into the ditch. Leave them alone. See, they revealed their heart. They didn't want the truth. And then when they're caught, they want to blame somebody else. It's like Adam. He told God, well, the woman that you gave me, he, would, he was blaming God. You gave me the woman and she sinned and I joined her. And it's interesting, the serpent didn't blame anybody. It was his nature to deceive them. And God punished them accordingly. Okay? So there is no blame game going to go on. There is no be no people say, oh, I don't know. I didn't know. Everybody in the lake of fire will know they get just what they deserve. And they'll know it for eternity. And they will be tormented. It's called everlasting punishment. It's called the consuming fire. And God said he's a consuming fire toward the wicked. So he will sustain the lake of fire forever. Okay. The Apostle James makes it plain. He calls people fools who believe in a mental ascent gospel. And like I said, which they hate, a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Well, see, all of the Lutherans and the Protestants think they're better than the Catholics. They exchange one heresy for another. The Catholic Church was absorbed in rituals and ceremonies and man's works had nothing to do with Scripture. And Martin Luther and them, they decided to counter it with a license to sin gospel. Just believe mentally and you'll be saved. They're going to the same hell if they don't practice what that faith requires, okay? So that's what God is against. And the faith... The saved by faith alone is a doctrine of the devil. It's nowhere in the scripture. 
See, he should have clarified what he was talking about, but how could he? He was just a Roman Catholic priest who wanted to reform the Catholic Church. He really didn't want to get out. They excommunicated him, okay? So we need to understand that. And that's why I repeat this. Go and study for yourself. You don't have to take my word. Martin Luther did not believe in the book of James or Jude or Hebrews or Revelations. He called them straw epistles, which means they had no standing. Well, even the Catholics, even though they don't live it, they believe they were the books of the Bible. Who do you think is going to fare better with the Lord? They're going to just be degrees of punishment. So if a person doesn't accept the canon of Scripture and book of Revelations is by Jesus Christ himself, how are they going to make it into the kingdom? See, because those books refute faith alone. And once saved, always saved. And mental ascent Christianity. That's why they don't like them, okay? So we're seeing answering heresies with heresies is going to get no one anywhere. So he said those who continue in good, not in believing, but following and obeying, they seek for glory. They want heaven and honor from God. God will respect them, and his loyalty will be given to them. He will express his love and his rewards for eternity. It said they'll be his not only servants, they will be the sons of God. He'll do good for them. And there'll be no more pain or sorrow, death, or any of that. That will be passed away. That's the reward of the righteous. And so that's what the righteous seeks. Immortality. Well, everybody's going to have everlasting life. One is going to be in the lake of fire, and the other's going to be in heaven with Christ and God, the Father. Eternal life is knowing God. So if people think they're going to heaven so they can find all the gold bricks on the street, they're in for a surprise. Some of these prosperity people, they think they're going to have a huge mansion. And I guess they're going to walk through eternity storing up bricks in their mansions forever and ever of gold. That's astounding. They're covetous. The Bible calls idolatry, covetousness, greed, materialism. See? They turn the grace of God into lasciviousness and evil and wickedness. They get the greater damnation. Revelations, Jesus said he names the impure, the sexually impure, the liars and the adulterers. He said will be cast into the lake of fire where they'll be tormented day and night forever. Now go ahead and read your Bible. You better stop listening to your false accommodating ministers. That's what we have around us nowadays. Okay, and so he said they're looking for eternal life with Christ. But they'll either have, there will be the resurrection of the righteous and there will be the resurrection of the damned. They will be given a spiritual body body fit for torment for eternity. They're not going to be annihilated. The word ruin and destroy in spiritual matters does not believe annihilation. It means marred and come against and distort it. That's what it means. Never means annihilation, okay? And so he wants them to know it's how you live and what your actions are. If you don't produce good works, spiritual works, you're not a Christian. 
you don't obey and follow the Lord, like he said, why do you call me Lord if you don't obey me? Because I'm not your Lord, see? And so that judges the majority of professing Christians who think once saved, always saved. Oh, I think they, oh, I love God because they go to churches saying, well, God says he hates the singing and the songs and the worship of the wicked. If they're abomination to him, they ought to keep their mouth shut. They add sin unto sin. Go to Romans. Now, when God rejected the Jewish nation and ended the covenant as a whole and brought in the new covenant, he warned the Gentile Christians who now, they were being favored. He was tired of the Jewish covenant. They didn't keep it. So he broke the covenant and will not bring some of it back until the millennium. But what does he say to them if they get arrogant and proud? Paul says an interesting word to them. 11.22 Therefore consider the goodness and the severity of God. On those who fell, that was the Jewish covenant people, the Pharisees, the priests and scribes, he was severe, hard, harsh. That's what it meant. He brought judgments on them. But toward you, you Gentiles that came to the Lord, he offered the gospel to you. You, if you, and the word is if, if you continue in the goodness of God. Otherwise, you will be cut off. You ain't no better than the Jews were. See, they think, oh, we're in a better covenant. You're in a greater judgment if you don't abide by it. The Jews were cut off for rebellion and stiff-neckedness as a nation and as a people. And he says, and God will do the same thing to you. You should learn your lesson. God grafted you in when he removed them, and he can remove you again. And if they repent, he can graft them in. So he's letting them know, don't be arrogant about these things. Every branch that bears not fruit, he says, my father, We'll cut it off. Who care who you are and what kind of experience you had. I've had people talk about their past experience. I said, well, I don't apply. You're on your way to hell now because you're living in fornication and adultery and sin. I don't care if Jesus appeared to you every day last year. You're going to hell today if you drop dead. Okay? That disturbs them a little bit. It's meant to. But, okay, we have the other side of the coin. He's going to talk back and forth now. Those who want good, they get glory and honor, immortality, everlasting life, the best relationship with God. That's heaven. It's not things. Why, you will walk on gold, so you won't have to run around and store up bricks. Everything is yours. But you'll not be that interested in things. It will be in your relationship with God and Christ forever that will be eternal life. Okay, number eight, though, on the other side. But those who are selfishly ambitious, self-seeking, they're called idolaters because they worship themselves. They do what they want to. They fulfill the lust of the flesh. They find the pleasures of sin. And it says, and they do not obey the truth. Who is the truth? Christ. They're not submitting to Christ as Lord. But what do they obey? They obey unrighteousness, evil, wickedness. And what are they going to get? Well, 
It says wrath and indignation. Well, who is that from? It's going to be from God. That's his attitude toward him. Okay? So those who seek their life and pleasures and have no obligation to God, who are caught up in the pride of life and their own thing, Jesus said he that finds his life will lose it. They forget God. They forget they have a duty to the God Almighty. They were made for him and his purposes. And when they seek to do their own thing, they become like Lucifer. He said, I will. See, he was a light bearer. And then he decided, well, I want to be the light. Well, we found out what happened to him. His light was turned off. God removed anything of himself, and he's the prince of darkness and evil. Has no goodness in the fallen devils, okay? But see, the people that this is talking about, if you want to be reminded who they are, uh, you can know by famous movie stars. You know, they sing the little song, I did it my way. Well, they did. And they will spend eternity in the lake of fire, groaning and moaning and wailing over their sins because they did it their way. They lived as they pleased for a season. The scripture says the love of pleasures for a season. It means it'll come an end. And then they'll pay for eternity for the little season of fun, okay? So people who disobey God and truth, that's what God, wrath and indignation. Okay, I want to go back. We know what wrath is. It's God's anger and holiness displayed against wickedness. It's a part of vengeance, of holiness. It's not going to change. Indignation, it means ultimately those who go to the lake of fire, it's total disregard. It's utter contempt. God is not sitting in heaven saying, oh, those poor souls. His wrath is against them. He despises their soul when they're in hell. He has no good thoughts toward them. The wrath of the Lamb. It says their torment and smoke shall ascend to the Lamb and his angels forever. See, they have nothing good to think about them. See, that's holiness against God when his grace and perseverance with the wicked have come to an end. There'll be a day he will shut the door and then, and God's not going to grieve himself over wicked people. The most he'll grieve is in this life and he'll be disturbed, but they'll pay for disturbing God and send it against his holiness one day. So it is the wrath of God and indignation, his contempt and total disregard forever. That's going to be the state of eternal damnation. And it starts here with deception. That's how it starts, okay? And they will eventually experience at the end the second death. What does the Bible call the second death? Everlasting punishment everlasting torment, fire, and brimstone. Now, we're talking about a spiritual kingdom. It's bypassing the natural. It won't fade away. It's more real than the natural is, okay? So that's what he's talking about. We'll talk about no annihilation here. There will be tribulation and distress, anguish, grief, for every soul of man who does evil. That's going to be their reward. Not meant to know words. 
of the Jew first and also of the Greek. The Jew was given privileges and the covenant and the law, so they're going to answer for more. So it says to them first, if you're given greater privileges, you will become under greater judgment. That's why Peter said, it's better not to have known the Lord than to backslide and depart from him. See, because you're going to be judged twice as severely, at least, for crucifying Christ afresh. He said, it's better not to have known the Lord than to turn away from him. Isn't that a strong statement? Okay. So this tribulation and distress, the final wrath of God is wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said it seven times in Matthew, I believe. He told us the end. He's the son of God. He created hell for the angels, the fallen angels and the devil. And some believe he had to enlarge the borders for the wickedness of man. No problem with God. Okay. So he ought to know what he was talking about. He says in each case, weeping or wailing is the word he uses. Total anguish and frustration and torment. See, and they will be eternal sinners. They're not forgiven in hell. And they keep sinning. How do they keep sinning? In hell, they're going to curse God and, and do everything and beg and plead and curse God to get out of that place. And they just keep adding sin to sin. See, that's the danger. See, that's everlasting sin. So there must be an everlasting punishment. That's how it's going to happen. So people ought to consider this sometimes when they consider playing with sin and playing with God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and it's to depart from evil. See, this sentimental Jesus is not taught solely in the scripture. The love of God is taught to the covenant people and God's long suffering toward the wicked. But it does not override God's holiness nor his justice. It lays it aside until God's grace has run its course. And so people need to understand that. Even the demons were afraid of Jesus and thought he was going to cast them in the uh, hell fire. Of it. They said, what if you come to torment us before the time? They know there's an appointed time for them to be judged. And knowing he was the son of God, they didn't know the rules. They may have said, uh-oh, he can throw us into hell right now. So that's why they ask him, what did you have to do with us? There's supposed to be an appointed time. Have you changed the rules? They were so glad to get away from Jesus. They were afraid they would provoke him to send him to hell immediately. So that's the wrath of God. That's who they understood, who he was, okay? So utter contempt and disregard. Not many preach on this because they're liars. The righteous can understand the truth, can have a proper fear of the Lord and a fear of sinning against God because he's no respecter of persons and figure out, well, if I do those things, the same thing will happen to me. You have no fire insurance. You have no eternal seal. These are lion shepherds. Seals could be broken. They used to quote the Roman seal 
Biden wouldn't come against the Roman seal. And I heard the eternal security people say, oh, that's what God does. He seals you forever. They don't quote the part with a Roman seal. If you become a traitor, they rip the seal apart and they crucify you or they hang you or they torture you to death. That's what they do to traitors. Okay. And the parable said that's what God's going to do to the unforgiving. They won't forgive others and other Christians or people who ask forgiveness. He said, then I will retract the forgiveness I gave them and cast them into outer darkness. That's the principle of God. Read that one. That will stir you up a little bit. So he has a place. The horror of the lake of fire is the eternal separation from God. It's called outer darkness. It's talking about spiritual things too. God is the light. There is far from the light and knowing God or having any experience that they could be. So the lake of fire is going to be very dark. Okay. And God's not going to be listening to anything anymore. Okay. So this is for any evildoer, every evildoer, ones who love self and sin, ones who refuse their duty to their creator, which made them, and they have a duty to him. And he says, to the Jew first, again, because they were given the privileges. They were given the law and the prophets and such. The Gentiles did not have that kind of light. They will be judged with a lesser judgment. Isn't that interesting? Those more privileged will be punished more. He said, well, that's not fair. Well, that's God. You may judge in human fairness. Hebrews says, how much greater punishment do you suppose they'll get who trample the blood of Christ and insult the spirit? He's talking about the Christian who turns away and goes back into the world or Judaism. He said, how much? It's a rhetorical question. They will receive a much greater punishment than anybody under the law got, okay? That's the holiness and justice of God. Okay, back to the other side of the coin. Verse 10. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good. Does good, not believes good. To the Jew first and to the Greek. So if the Jew, like the apostles did, God rejected the nation and cut off the covenant. But those Jews received the covenant, and they came to the Lord. See, they went right into the second covenant and stayed faithful. And what does it say? God holds them accountable and blesses them first. See, those, if you're faithful to what you're given, you get a better blessing. If you're unfaithful, even what you got will be taken from you in the day of judgment. The talent Remember we said the guy who buried his talent, he accused God of being hard. And said, well, I buried it because I knew you were hard. And so at least you have your talent back. And the master was not pleased with that. He said, well, at least you should give it to the bankers. And so when I came back, I would have got interest. The object was to get a profit, to increase fruit. And he didn't. And he said, why, you wicked servant. And he told his followers, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. He was faithful, give him more. 
and take this unprofitable servant and cast him into outer darkness. Isn't that something? And then he said, to much is given, and he's faithful to it, he said, he will be given more. And he that is not faithful, even what he seems to have, will be taken away. So the Christian in this world that does good is rewarded spiritually, and when he gets to heaven, he gets greater rewards. And the wicked person, the most of heaven he'll have experienced is uh, what he thinks is the pleasures of sin and honor of the world and riches. And when he drops dead, even that shall be taken from him and he'll get a greater punishment. See, it all works out with God because he's just and holy and he's not partial. See, so there's the danger. If you think you're privileged, you better do the rules. More light given, then you're going to answer for more. You'll be rewarded for more if you obey the Lord. So 10, everlasting peace, joy, and righteousness. Well, what is the kingdom of God now? Paul said it's joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And in heaven, it will be increased a millionfold. It will be everlasting with no conflict or tears or misery or pain, and you will not even remember the former things. Sin will not even come into your mind. Don't worry about people you know who are going to hell. You won't know about it anyway, won't care. You'll think as God does. So if God committed judgment to you, you'd send them there because you're going to be holy. A lot of things, people are bound to this world. A lot of these things are only for this world. They don't go into the new kingdom, okay? Everlasting peace and joy for all who do good. That means practice good, live holy and good lives by the grace of Christ. Says those who are led of the Spirit. If you by the Spirit put the death the works of the flesh. He didn't tell you to have to do it on your own. We keep forgetting. Every branch in Christ bears fruit, but he has to have Christ to bear fruit. He has to draw from the vine. He doesn't told to do it himself. God don't want sour fruit or bitter fruit, but he cannot produce the fruit he wants without the branches. So see, it's the union of the two. He that have joined himself to the Lord is one in spirit. So they need each other. God's chosen to need his people on the earth. He's the head. They're the branches. And those who don't follow him and obey him, the Father cuts them off and eventually will be cast into hell because they didn't bear the fruit of Christ. So, see, that's the difference. So we're not told to do things we cannot do. God, he's not unjust that way. And every covenant, he gave them the ability to do what he required. He didn't tell them they have to be perfect. But even under the law and before the law, there were certain standards he had. And if they obeyed him in those covenants, the sacrifices covered their ignorant sins and their weaker sins. Well, God said the Jews were privileged. And he said, and God winked at the Gentiles. It meant some things he didn't require much because they didn't have the law. He judged them at a level according to their conscience. But the Jew, your conscience and the law would judge them. They were given more privileges and they would answer for more.
So those who are holy and follow the Lord and walk in the Spirit, these are the sons of God. What does Paul say? They that are led of the Spirit. Who is the Spirit? The Scripture says the Spirit is Christ. The Lord is that Spirit. And he said what? Without me, you can do nothing. See? You can do no good, no good works, no true obedience, or anything spiritual without the Lord's help. That's why when Christians are judged for their works, that's their ministry. It's not their holiness or their life. Many have said, well, because many of the time they die early lives, they don't have time to accumulate rewards or ministry, or some are a little slower than others. And what does he say to them? He said, their works will be burned up, wood, hay, and stubble but they will be saved as of by fire. Their life was holy. Their intentions were good. But they did a lot, like the Corinthians said. He said, you walk like men. You do things acting like a man, and you're not getting God's help. So as far as God is concerned, it has no spiritual value. Good intentions alone doesn't make it. Okay? We allow good intentions at certain levels. And that will require more responsibility. So the Christian's works is ministry judge, not sins. If you're living in gross sin, you will not make it to heaven. You'll be cut off in your iniquity eventually. See, people think they have a license. Oh, well, I'll just lose a few rewards. No, you'll lose your eternal soul, and you will be wailing and screaming in hell for eternity. That's what's going to happen, okay, to those, it says, who despise God who those who forget God, the psalmist says, the people, the nations that forget God will be turned into hell. That's a blanket statement, isn't it? Okay. Number 11. Why then did you first? First in privileges, he gets rewards. First in sins, he gets punished further. Number 11 tells us, for there is no partiality with God. See, people forget grace doesn't erase holiness or justice. Grace gives time. Grace gives time for the wicked to repent. It postpones God's wrath. It doesn't forget it. Every idle word a wicked person commits, he will add punishment to his final judgment. Okay, We need to understand that. The same will apply those in hell. There's going to be degrees of punishment in heaven and hell according to people's works. Let's take a break here.